Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. With the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee and a terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. Routine, difficult, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. The... uh, Show will be a fun one today. Bill Hillgrove at 135 in the Steelers. They'll play the Bills coming up on Sunday. And Peter King at 235 today. Okay, so that's what we have lined up today. And Todd's here no matter what. And, and we all know that Matt's, Matt is a lurker. <laughs> Hopefully on the radio there isn't anybody behind me. Well, no, well, the suit shows up behind you once in a while. He lurks. Yeah, but I mean, there's a window uh, between us. Ooh, I'll tell you right now, it's not thick enough. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> all right. So that's what we have coming up today. Uh, let's uh, get into the news of the day. Uh, I mean, college basketball just screamed out to everybody, hey, we're here after last night. Nebraska beat number one Purdue. And Iowa State beat number two Houston. Other than that, it went very well. So the top two teams in the country lost last night. And not only did Purdue lose, I mean, Nebraska really controlled it almost all the way through, but they hit threes, Todd. That When you're hitting threes... I know people will complain, but they're taking too many three-point shots. The point value of the shot is worth taking more often than not. And because of that, like, they hit 16 threes last night. They they were able to hit 61% of their three-point shots. If you're hitting 33% of your three-point shots, that is equivalent to hitting 50% of your twos. And as I've explained it before, I'll do it again. I take 18 shots. They're all twos. I make nine. I have 18 points. If I take 18 threes, same, same number of shots, 18 threes, and I hit six, 33%, I have, voila, 18 points. Hitting 50% of twos is equivalent to 33% of your threes. And that's that's in and they did that last. And Tomanaga was five and nine in threes last night. He is, he has un his range. Is I mean, he's he can go twenty five to thirty five feet from the basket, and you feel like he's got a chance of making the shot. He's got that kind of range. And they won last night. And Penn State's got Purdue after this on Saturday. 
it's, from what little I saw on the highlights of it, one, it seems like, you know, when Nebraska's good and Nebraska's a really tough place to play, that place seemed like it was it was rocking the whole night. And, you know, Purdue, the Schaefer kid from Purdue had been playing so well, and that, you know, when they get good guard play, that obviously opens up things for Edney. And, you know, it just seems like that they didn't play quite as well in the in the backcourt as they had been the last couple of weeks. Smith has been playing well. There's no getting around it. I'm not a lawyer. I could, you know, I could, no offense to the lawyer family, but... <laughs> I, I, you know, I could, you know, I could, he's kind of like give or take for me. I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, I'm just not a, it's same thing with his brother. His brother ended up doing well at Dayton, but his brother was at Michigan State. And I was like, eh, okay. You know, and then, you know, on this level, you're like, oh, you know, fine. Uh, I mean, nice player, but you're a nice player. You're not a, a great player on this level. Okay. Well, then I get to the same thing with the brother. Nice, he does some good things, but on this level, he's like he does some good things. That's that's it. Uh, he's not a great player. Smith, the point guard, is very good. I like him a lot, and Edie's Edie. Uh, but they did a good job of limiting his opportunities last night. I think Zach only had ten shots in the game, something like that. Uh, and if you can keep here, I got the box score right here. Let me just see. He took 10 shots, mm-hmm. right? Now, he ended up with 1.5 points a shot, 15 points on 10 shots. But you have done a – if you're limiting him to 10 shots, you've done a job. And he was 3 of 5 at the free throw line. And he's been kind of up and down at the free throw line this year. Um, I mean, Gillis came off the bench, was 5 of 10 in threes. I mean, I saw that in person last year. When he went out and did that, uh, he had 29 against Penn State. It was like, like stunning. And then the next game, he had three. I'm like, really, <laughs> really? He had three. Really, great. Lucky us. He had three. Uh, but, uh, but that was a great win. But Nebraska's been playing this way. I think you made a great point that they've been playing this way uh, because they're 14 and what 13 and three. I think they're. 13 and 3 on the season now. They're 3 and 2 in conference play. They have the same record in the conference as Purdue does. Uh, I don't think people realize that. In fact, in the Northwestern, whom Penn State plays tonight, they beat uh, Purdue. I mean, this is how the conference is Northwestern beat Purdue. Wow. And lost by 30 to Illinois. Really? <laughs> How do you do that? Penn State loses by, what, 31 at Michigan State? Comes back 63 hours later, beats Michigan. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I was going to say, Michigan State did the same thing. Won by 31 and then lost at Northwestern. Northwestern, exactly. Lost at Northwestern by 14 at 88-74. And the strange thing about that is Northwestern is more of an efficient offense they only average like 65 possessions a game. And they still went out and they scored 88 against Michigan State. Wow. Uh, that's impressive. So we'll see how tonight plays. This is a contrast in styles tonight between Penn State and Northwestern. Penn State's about 72 possessions a game. Northwestern's about 65. Uh, 
they want to slow the game down a bit and then you know and go from there uh Penn State wrestling with Indiana coming up I think that's Sunday right yeah I believe so and they're both undefeated Indiana's three and0 Penn State's three and0 and uh, the uh, and the Lady Lions are at Indiana tonight. That's a big game for the Lady Lions, who have been playing well. And then Penn State has Northwestern tonight at the Jordan Center. That's at 6.30. We're on at 6 tonight. That's an early game. Then Purdue is 2.15 on Saturday. And the game with Wisconsin is really late on Tuesday. And we might get a snowstorm on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? I think we talked a little bit yesterday that they originally calling for like almost 10 inches or something out your way. Uh, uh, like the whole thing's like, now, these yeah, these are all so preliminary, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what it means, but it was like 14. Oh. 14? Yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah, I don't know if that's even going to come to fruition. I mean, everybody's kind of concentrating on this weekend in the cold, like the Kansas City and Dolphins game. They say that the temperature at game time on Saturday night at, what time's the game? 8 o'clock Eastern, so 7 o'clock Central. It's going to be 3 degrees. It's going to be like the Green Bay of uh, of Missouri. I, I, I just, I mean, it's hard, hard to pick the Dolphins in a game like that just just because I think I was reading today that the lowest that they can get their practice thing in uh, in Miami is down to 50 degrees, and I don't think that's going to help when it's going to be three. You know what? I, I don't even do that stuff. I don't. Uh, and here's why I don't do it. Just go out, practice, run your place. Right? Just go out, practice, run your place, and then, hey, look, whatever it happens to be, it happens to be, and you go from there. Uh, I mean, that's how I look at it. Uh, it I mean, I just try to look at it in simple terms like that. Like, okay, let's, let's just go practice our stuff and go do it. It's not as if Tyreek Hill has never played in those conditions before, right? I mean, he played for Kansas City. It's not like he never played in that before, right? I, I get that part of it, but it's also, I mean, if you're in it all the time, your body gets, I don't want to say used to it, but it... Three degrees to somebody that's been in three degrees a lot feels a lot different than when it was 80 and it goes to three degrees. Yeah, but you know what? Kansas City's not used to it either. Well. I mean, there's, there's nobody in Kansas This is why I always laugh about this, okay? We live in the Northeast. Are you used to it when it's three degrees? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> We're all like, oh, geez, it's three degrees. I mean, you gradually get there. It's like, okay, it's 27 now it's 20. Now it's 50. Yeah, it's like, and every time you get to that level, this stinks. This stinks. This stinks. Nobody gets used to three degrees. I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes or Tua Tunga Viola. You don't get used to it. But fortunately, Tunga Viola grew up in Hawaii, so he's good. Yeah. Well, I think it, even it's, I think that's the actual air temperature. I think they're talking about wind chills oh. too. So, yeah. Oh, 9, 10 degrees below zero, 15 below zero. Should be great. I I still remember that. Was it the Chargers and the Bengals back in the early 80s when, those, yes. when it was that cold and those guys weren't wearing shirts in Riverfront Stadium? Yes, yes. 
None of those people are with us any longer. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but remember when the Giants had to go in and play the Packers? And, you know, Eli Manning grew up in the South. All right? I mean, he grew up in the South. And guess what? The Giants won the game. Like, okay. Right? Michael Vick won in there cold. Michael Vick won the game. I mean, you know, it's... it's Everybody's up. They're not used to something like this. Now, admittedly, you're going from 80 to 3. You're facing 77-degree temperature change. <laughs> right? But the Kansas City guys are like, yeah, this is our weather. They're coming in. They go, man, it's cold out. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cold. <laughs> I, I did, you know, we were talking yesterday about the, the Peacock stuff in that game. Uh, the sports business people were... Uh, tweeted out some of their predictions and I a lot of people are thinking under 20 million for that and that's that's pretty amazing that's pretty amazing for an NFL playoff game if they get less than 20 million people yeah so let's get the Amazon numbers so let's let's use that as a gauge to start with these are all regular season when Amazon got the contract at a billion a year their goal was to get 12 million as an average the first season they went through they had 9.7 well, 9.7 for streaming is still really, really good. It really is. But it wasn't at the goal. This year they got the 12.7. They had better games. Service was better. They did well. Um, I don't think they'll get the $20 million for this. I think there's a possibility that they get maybe 10 to $15 million streaming it. And this is a great game. I, I, I realize the NFL let them do it, but I can't imagine the NFL is going to be happy if it gets that if it gets that kind of numbers. Well, I go back to what I was saying yesterday about electric cars. Okay, if you want an electric car, great. I mean, there's a lot of great things about electric cars. Okay, but when you live here in this country, you have a choice, right? And what's happening is everywhere you turn, either between a mandate or TV commercials or whatever it may be, um, you are getting uh, bombarded with getting an electric car, right? Yes. Right? right. Yet, uh, electric car sales, all right, are not great. I mean, 93% of all vehicles bought in the country last year were gas-powered vehicles. Okay? 93%. Okay. I mean, that's where it is. Hey, they've been, they've been pounding on it and pounding on it and pounding on it and pounding on it, right? To get 7%? Because people make their choices. People make their choices. Well, that's the same thing with this. We're going to force you to watch the game on Peacock. People are going to make a choice. They're going to make a choice. And the goal, okay, let's face it, the goal of a car company is to sell as many cars as possible. The goal of a TV network is to get as many viewers as possible. 
are the two of them achieving their goals? Now, part of it may be price, too. Electric vehicles are, are more expensive. The batteries are more expensive. The price could certainly play a role. I mean, but... It's... Okay, so let me see here. Ford, all let's just take Ford, for example, since Sunbury Motors carries Ford, okay? In 2023, Ford sold more than 72,000 all-electric vehicles in the U.S. That's 18% more than a year ago, their best year ever. But that comes out to 3.8% of the brand's total volume. That means of gas-powered vehicles in Ford, despite an 18% increase from the year before, still 96.2% bought gas-powered vehicles. Right? Well, it's the same thing with streaming. We keep hitting streaming. It's the wave of the future. I understand that completely. But we're not there yet. And so they decide to do this, right? For what reason? I thought the goal was to get as many people, because let's face it, if the Dolphins-Chiefs game is on over-the-air NBC on a Saturday night, or it's cold in America, and it's going to be cold Saturday night, you're going to have 35 million people watching the game. And instead you do this where you think the top-out number is 20. So you're eliminating 15 to 20 million potential viewers out there because you're trying to force something and prove a point? The goal is to get people to watch. That's what I thought it was. Did I misrepresent the the media business? I I don't think so. Right? I mean, the media business is I need to get as many people to listen. I need as many people to watch. I'm in the car business. I need to sell as many as possible. Right? Well, guess what? People are telling everybody over and over again, I'd like to have the option. That's great. But more often than not, okay? Okay? You know what You know what Ford's losses were last year? Okay? These are their losses. $3 billion. Really? Okay. That's not the goal. (laughs) Okay? That's not the goal. Now, somebody would say, okay, that's a long play. I can understand. The same thing with Peacock on Saturday night. That's the long play. Okay, I got it. All right, I understand the long play, but there's a way to do it. Right? Isn't there? And I think the the combo of you of you combine NBC with Peacock like the Penn State West Virginia game was, like the Penn State Michigan State game was. Now, aren't you accommodating the largest audience possible? I mean, it doesn't. I can complain till the cows come home, and they're not going to change. They're going to sit there. You know what? Steve Jones is complaining about it. Maybe we ought to sit there. No, they're just sit there going. No, it's games on Peacock. Watch it or not. 
you know, it it is disappointing because those are usually the fun games to watch, like you said, when it's cold and and most of the country's in the cold. It it it's it becomes communal, and that's that's something that's going to be going to be lost in that as well. I mean, it, you're right, Todd. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a wintry type of night, and that's for most of the country. 149 million people are going to have temperatures below 25 degrees on Saturday night. Well, gee, isn't, wouldn't that be great to have them watching the NFL instead of like going, ah, I, don't, I don't have that streaming service. I'm not paying for it. I, again, you, you talked, you know, it, it is the long play, but I, I just, you know, there's just going to be, there's so much interest in the NFL playoffs. I I, I, I don't understand how the long, how the long play works out for them in, in, in this situation. I agree with you. I don't know what to say about it, except what I have been saying. Bill Hillgrove, he doesn't have to worry about that. He's got Steelers and Bills. We'll talk to him next here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory with great warranties. Great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that can take care of the routine and the difficult. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. By the way, Monday Night Football, most watched season since 2000 uh, for Monday Night Football. Uh, 29% increase from last year, 18%. From 12 years ago, uh, so great news for them there, and the most watched CBS NFL season ever. And again, that's cable and that's over the air, as opposed to Peacock to, uh, coming up. Uh, we'll get Bill Hillgrove in a minute, I'm sure, and uh, we'll take care of it from there. But the numbers are, I mean, CBS record-breaking 2023 season. CBS averaged 19.4 million viewers for the NFL and CBS. Um, The 10 national Sunday afternoon windows averaged 24.6 million plus. Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys Commanders at 41.7 million. Bills Eagles at 30.9 million. Raiders Chiefs on Christmas Day, 29.5 million. Um, okay. Let's see. Monday Night Football, best audience since 2000. Thursday Night Football was up 24%. And so that's the CBS part of it. I'm sure Fox is going to put out the same thing. Uh, let's see. 
Monday Night Football averaged 17.3. Best since 2000. Average audience, 29% increase from last year. 18% since 2010. Eagles Chiefs, 29 million. Ravens 49ers on Christmas Day, 27.6. Lions Cowboys on Saturday night, uh, the 30th, 26.1. Week 1 Bills Jets, with Aaron Rodgers actually playing four plays, 22.6. Manning cast average, 1.24. So that's the best. Again, that's cable and over the air. Now the question's going to be, and we talked about the Thursday night football being up 24%. Um, and I think I said they averaged 12-7. I was wrong. They averaged 11-8-6. Hey, Steve, I have Bill Hillgrove now. Okay, great. Fabulous. But that's what they average. The question's going to be how many can they get for the uh, Bills-Chiefs game. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, for the uh, Chiefs and uh, and uh, Dolphins game, Bills and Steelers coming up playoff game. Bill Hillgrove, the legendary and outstanding play-by-play voice of the Steelers. Bill, welcome. It's so great to have you back. Good to be with you, Steve. I'd rather be in Buffalo than in Kansas City. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever heard that. <laughs> in I know it probably will never happen again. But uh, they're talking about global warming. I don't think that's a great example of it. No, I, I would not put that up before here. Hey, here's this one. Check it out. I want to start with Mason Rudolph. You've called every snap of his career. So my observation leading to a question will be from thirty thousand feet. But it just seems to me in watching him, he seems like a calmer version in the pocket of Mason Rudolph. Yes or no? Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, he, first of all, as a veteran of that many years in the league, even though many of those moments were spent watching rather than receiving snaps, um, he understands what it takes to be a winning quarterback. And you know what? I've always said, don't beat yourself. You know, there are a couple of examples of very average quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. Um, I don't have to name names, but we know who they are uh, because they didn't beat themselves. And I think he knows that, understands it perfectly. And, uh, you know, I I watched him as a junior and a senior at Oklahoma State. Uh, He destroyed, he and James Thomas destroyed Pitt the one year. And then the other year they won the game as well, but he wasn't as great. But I knew he had great potential, and I was happy they drafted him. Well, look, it's not as if I haven't been around Mike Yurcich the last three years, who was uh, Mason's uh, quarterback coach and coordinator at Oklahoma State. He always told me great things about him. Uh, Is he seeing the field better, and what has that offensive line meant to his ability to see the field? Well, and I think it's all a hand-in-glove thing. Uh, The offensive line has made him comfortable because he has the option of running the football, and it's not all all on him. Uh, They've run the football really well uh, the last part of the season. And, you know, I'm I'm on Mike Tomlin's bandwagon when he says, uh, you know, you have to run the football in December and January because of the elements. And uh, I think we're going to see an example of that on Sunday in Buffalo in uh, that hole in the farm up there in Orchard Park. 
And that's exactly what it is. It's, they dug a hole in a farm, uh, put stands in, uh, and that wind that comes in across the surface, but then it gets down into that bowl, and it can be nasty. Uh, you remember, and I think it might have been Harry Newsom, a uh, Steeler punter years ago, uh, hitting a negative punt. Yep. Hitting the punt into the wind, and it ended up hitting behind him. I mean, and you're you're afraid of that, especially since, you know, uh, Presley Harvin III hasn't had the best of years. Uh, but I noticed that the Steelers uh, uh, have, you know, put – Brad Wing on the practice squad, so you know we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I have to ask you about no T.J. Watt because he's been ruled out of this game, and it's not as if it's the first time they've ever had to play without him. But how do they compensate? Because there are certain players I think that benefit when he's out there that they get singled up instead of doubled or chipped. So how do they compensate without him out there? Well, you know, it, as we saw with the safety position, which was decimated this year, yeah. at outside linebacker, we have depth all of a sudden with Nick Herbig. And Marcus Golden played his best game last week. He did. Uh, and so, you know, I think you have depth there. But you're going to miss T.J. Watt. Uh, the record speaks for itself. Their record without him is not very good. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that it's not one person who can take his place. It's going to have to be done by committee and also scheming. Uh, but fortunately, at that outside backer position, uh, you know, they can afford a hit, albeit as big as T.J. Watt. When I uh, had you on in the preseason, I asked you about Joey Porter Jr. And he said, he said, Steve, he'll play, but they'll work his, he'll work his way in and then really play, and he can help. Now you've seen a full season of him. What has been your thought watching him play? He's the best shutdown corner we've had in quite a while. And, uh, you know, he his tackling, he knows it's got to get better, but it's yep. pretty good right now. And uh, he's done a great job. So that'll be an interesting matchup on Sunday. Joey Porter Jr. and Stefan Diggs. Uh, that's who I'm sure he'll get as a, uh, you know, as a, as a guy on the other side of the line. I'm not sure that Gabe Davis is going to play, but they still have other receivers. But, you know, in that kind of weather, uh, I think the Steelers have to worry about Buffalo's ability to run. James Cook, 4.7. And guess who their second-leading rusher is? Josh Allen, 4.7. So they're going to have to contain that part of it in order to have a chance to win. Josh Allen gave us the Josh Allen thrill ride on Sunday night three turnovers and then big plays <laughs> i mean he well, is a yeah. thrill he's a thrill ride <laughs> yeah he is and you know he's a gunslinger and he doesn't care i mean 18 interceptions is not something you write home about right but you know when you when you look at his rushing touchdowns uh combined with his uh, passing touchdowns i think that, that the number is 44 which is off the chart well, let me ask you. I mean, you've seen him. You've seen him play. I mean, what do you like about him, and what are a couple of things that, if you were a Buffalo fan, would make you antsy? Uh, they have some designed runs for him, but he doesn't look to run. You know, he's looking downfield, and those eyes are downfield, and then he just has that knack for it's time now, go. And uh, boy, sometimes uh, uh, he can get loose in that secondary and be a load, and he's not easy to tackle because he's a big man. Uh, you know, he, he is a problem, and they're going to have to figure out a way to slow him down. There's no question about that. What about the tight end part of it? Thompson blocked well. We know Pat's been the better pass receiver. Then conversely, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah and Dawson Knox. 
in a game in conditions and considering the kind of routes that tight ends run, how important can they be in this game on Sunday? Yeah, they can be important, but again, you know, are you going to, on a windy day in Buffalo with maybe some snow flurries or snow showers, are you going to live and die with the passing game? I doubt that. But yes, they are blessed at tight end, and uh, Ken Cade is the, the the real threat because he's not, uh, you know, the prototype uh, tight end as is Dawson Knox. He's more of that flex tight end, that you know, yeah. big receiver. And uh, yeah, he's somebody you have to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, but I mean, again, uh, yeah. I think we have to uh, stop the running game or slow it down, and then uh, make Josh Allen throw the ball, and then hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, because obviously Kincaid was on that Utah group that Penn State played last year in the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, you know, you you see how good he is. And this guy, okay, in high school, didn't even play two years of high school football. He's like, okay, I'll take it up. Then he went to the University of San Diego. Really? Interesting route to get there. What's (laughs) What's made Harris and Warren effective in conjunction with the offensive line? I think the phrase thunder and lightning applies two different styles of running. Um, you just love the way Jalen Warren hits the hole. You love the way he spins. and he's, he's got great balance. I'm sure if he wanted to be a great golfer, he could be a great golfer because of that great balance. Uh, and Najee, well, you have to do deal with Najee, not only his obvious physical talent, uh, change of direction, uh, strong legs, but you have to deal with his uh, demeanor and I've noticed the last six games he has run angry and you got to love that because he he doesn't want to run around you he wants to meet you and knock you down and I think you know his stiff arm can be devastating uh, you know I just just love the way he's come in uh, to this part of the season as I think one of the top running backs in the whole game Isaac Ciamolo has not allowed a sack all season. I mean, and I know you're following the ball, Bill, but you're also, you see enough video and so forth. What's made him really good inside? Uh, he's got a an indomitable spirit. Uh, he wants to not only uh, block you, but he wants to embarrass you. And uh, I just love that. And, uh, and he also plays hurt. He was hurt last week, didn't practice, I don't think at all, and then played a fine game in Baltimore. Uh, so that's one of the best acquisitions that we've seen. And next to him is Dan Moore Jr. Dan has struggled. I see Pro Football Focus has him as the fifth lowest rated tackle in the league. He's allowed what fifty some pressures and uh, some a bunch of sacks. But um, you know, I think you worry about that position next year. You just do the best you can this year. And I think uh, having Samalo next to him has really helped him. Yeah, and he has been a heck of a player for him, no question. Uh, you talked about the secondary play. We mentioned Joey. Uh, what kind of job have they done for the most part holding up, considering they've had to put so many pieces together to make it hold up? Yeah, I think for a while, Steve, they were giving up the middle of the field too easily, yeah. and tight ends were feasting. And I think they've kind of you know cut that down recently. Uh, but it's something to watch for if Allen really tries to take advantage of the middle of the field. But having Casey back, I think, is tremendous. Uh, I know he's probably got a little rust to shake off, but uh, knowing him, he's probably uh, going to, you know, he's going to play above the line. Uh, 
And uh, I just, you know, I think Miles Killebrew jumped in there and did his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Eric Rowe. I hope he's going to be available this week. We'll uh, see the practice report later today. Uh, and Elijah Riley. So you're okay there. Now. I mean, uh, for as hard hit as that position has been injury-wise, you know, a lot of them have stepped up. You know Mike Tomlin as well as anybody. Veteran coach, been through it, won a Super Bowl. What does his intelligence and demeanor, what does that mean to a team that gets them to this point when a lot of people thought they might not get there? And, of course, the world is firing slings and arrows at him as he's doing it. You know, in his own quiet way, he demands respect. Um, uh, Let's say compared to Bill Cowher, who uh, would treat his players, you know, with a stiff arm, you, if you understand what I mean. I, I, know. I think Tomlin knows he doesn't have to do that. And and as a result, uh, he has their respect. Uh, I think they'd run through a wall for him. Uh, and I think if you talk to every one of them, they'd say that uh, he's the best coach they've ever had. And, uh, you know, all this elevator noise and uh, outside uh, interference that uh, had taken place when they were in that losing streak, uh, it's kind of disappeared because I think everybody realizes this guy's one of the best coaches that you can have. And uh, if you don't believe that, let him go and see how quickly he's snatched up by somebody else. You and I don't think that's right. going to happen. And, and I, I've seen those rumors. Well, you know, and we live in this age of, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it used to be there were three television cameras at Chuck Knoll's news conference. Yeah. Uh, well, that has changed, and there's a lot more dot coms. There's a lot more people involved, and and uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, Steve, you know the the journalism part has slipped, and it's all about clickbait, and I don't like that. But it, it is what it is. But I think Tomlin is great at shutting that out and getting his players to do the same thing. See, that's it's one of the many things I admire about him. He just knows who he is. And that's okay. And it doesn't matter what somebody else says. I know who I am. It's just, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. My last question is going to be not about the Steelers, but about Pitt. I had the privilege of calling all of Paul Pozlesny's games at Penn State, and he ended up getting into the College Football Hall of Fame this week. Yes. You had the privilege of calling all of Larry Fitzgerald's games at Pitt. He is the 25th Pitt player to make the College Football Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on seeing that and the kind of college player he was that you witnessed on an every Saturday basis? Every coach at every level of football should show his players Larry Fitzgerald's tapes, if only for one reason. He catches the ball in the end zone and he turns and hands it to the official. Yep. Act like you've been there before. And, and I think that would be a great lesson. But unfortunately, because of the pressures of national TV highlights, you know, players get into the end zone and they got to do a dance and they got to do the synchronized swimming, I call it. And, you know, it it's a shame. But, you know, he was the antithesis of what we see now in, in all of football. Uh, and what I remember of him as a player, uh, when the ball's in the air, he knew exactly where it was going to come down, better than anybody else on the field. Yep. And he always managed to be there when it came down. And with his you know, strong hands and great leaping ability and all of the God-given physical gifts, uh, you know, it's no wonder that uh, 
he's in the College Hall of Fame, and I think it's only a matter of time for Canton right. as well. Yeah, exactly. He'll get in Canton as well. But, you know, what a great privilege because you would have loved to have been sitting with me on the bus when Jack Ham was talking to the defensive players about what the draft used to be like. Oh, about a month after you get drafted, there's no combine or anything like that. They're all like their jaws all drop. Larry Fitzgerald's 40 time is reported at 463. Really? Okay, that's a football player, okay? I don't really need a watch to know he's great. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, when uh, James Harrison intercepted that pass in Super yep. Bowl 43, Larry Fitzgerald was showing you that he's faster than 4-6 on a football field. <laughs> and he darn near caught him before yeah. he got to the goal line. Uh, you know, uh, again, Steve, give me – Give me uh, 22 good football players. I don't care what position they play. I'll win a lot of games. That's why Bill and I always get along so great. We always think the same way. Bill, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Hey, great broadcast on Sunday, and hopefully it's a great day for the Steelers. I'm taking a space heater just in case. <laughs> That's why you're a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Bill. My best to your All great right, family. Steve. All right. Bill Hillgrove. Okay, Bill Hillgrove. And uh, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Every time I hear this, I think about the holiday party and the suit on top of the table moonwalking to this. You, of course, like spilled your drink. The rest of us just turned away and with disdain. Get enough drinks in me and I might join him. Oh, that's a scary proposition. I don't think there's a table that could hold the two of us. That's too big for us. <laughs> uh, Peter King at 235 today. Uh, uh, so... Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's an interesting week. This is a fun. They're all. That's one thing about sports. There's always a fun time of the year. There's rarely that lull moment. And we just had the college football national championship game, and we're gonna have more playoff games next year. Yet the bottom line is only nine percent of the teams in FBS football are going to make the playoff. Only nine percent. Ninety-one percent will be out. The NCAA men's basketball tournament, 19% make it. 81% are out. So you're still not going to have a high percentage in there. I still say, at as time goes, it's going to get to 16, but that's just a personal opinion and a personal guess on my part. I don't want to have any information that's going to. Just a personal guess. But you know what? It's time to do it. It's time to, they need, they need to expand this thing a long time ago. It should have been eight back in the nineties.